Yeah, man, it's been an absolutely fabulous uh, day. And you know what they say, beware the Ides of March. What do you mean, what is an Ides? Beware the Ides of March. You know that, like, no. What do you mean, what is an, what is an I? Uh, oh, like I said, it's hard to have intelligent conversations these days. Welcome to, finally, it's been two weeks. It seems like forever, eh? Welcome to season four, episode seven of Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry on this absolutely fab, fabulous day uh, for the March the 15th, Ides of March, here uh, at uh, Fiddler's uh, Poor House in uh, downtown St. Catharines, which of course is where we are firmly planted. Uh, thanks to Fiddler's for hosting us once again. It's been a couple of weeks since we've seen you. We are fueled by Gales Gas Bars Limited. We are supported by Virgin Insurance Group and uh, also uh, executively produced and supported by WeStream. And uh, there behind the camera in the name of Kevin Jack right now, and we'll in introduce uh, you to him in a little while. A lot to talk about uh, since uh, we saw you last in a couple of weeks. And I kind of almost want to do the show from outside. It's so beautiful today. But we are going into where we have a our, uh, our set uh, set up. Oh yes, we are headed for St. Patty's Day as well. So you might you might see a few uh, leprechauns or far-leaf clovers hanging around uh, here at uh, Fiddler's. And they've got some great deals for you coming up on Friday. Oh, Friday. Can you imagine Friday as uh, Patrick, St. Patrick's Day? Uh, St. Patrick's Day is, uh, is crazy enough. Uh, oh, oh, there we go. There, it's starting early. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is crazy enough when it's in the middle of the week. Can you imagine what it's going to be like on Friday? <laughs> my gosh, my gorda. Anyway, uh, my name is uh, Lee Sterry, and we're going to be getting on with... I've been, really been looking forward to this show because it's been a couple of weeks. I've missed you. So uh, we'll be back in, uh, oh, about 30 seconds. Come on in. So here we are, and uh, I don't know whether we have uh, audio connectivity or not. Uh, Kevin, I think I'm plugged in uh, properly. Are you plugged in uh, properly? Yeah, I'm plugged in. I can hear me. I can hear you. Uh, I can't hear me, and I can't hear you. Oh, gosh. Well, let's see if I can fix that for us this see week. See what happens after two weeks. Uh, it's just... Uh, Everybody gets sort of, uh, oh, well, uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll try and figure that one out. Lee. <laughs> uh, well, well, welcome uh, to the Ides of March. And you may be one of those people that has heard this Ides of March thing for many, 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 many years. Well... For those of you that uh, tried to study Shakespeare in high school, you may have read 
one of the Shakespearean plays entitled Julius Caesar. Well, this is where the whole Ides of March thing came from. And I read for you now, this is one of the, this is one of the passages of, uh, of, the Ides of uh, Julius Caesar. Caesar says, who is it in the press that calls on me? Now, they use the word press instead of crowd. You know, it's, it's not the press like a newspaper. It's, a, it's press like the masses, the crowd that gathers in the square. So he says, who is it in the press that calls on me? I hear a tongue shriller than all the music cry, Caesar, speak. Caesar is tuned to, to hear. The soothsayer says, oh, beware the soothsayers. The soothsayer says, beware the Ides of March. Caesar says, what man is that? And then Brutus says, a soothsayer, a soothsayer bids you beware the Ides of March. And, uh, and shortly, uh, that, that is uh, the Beware the Ides of March from Act 1, Scene 2 of Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare. And shortly after that, uh, Brutus and his fellow senators stab Caesar to death in the town square. So, uh, might I suggest, if you get invited to a gathering by a senator today, you kindly uh, refuse the invitation. And uh, Kevin, talk to me. So what, what is the, uh, the Ides of March? Is the that middle. just the 15th? It's the middle. Okay. Well, it's, but it's different in different months because, um, because of, the, of, of the number of days in a month. So it's different in April than it is in March than it is in something else. And uh, with, all, with all due respect, uh, Kevin, Kevin Jack, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, hey, everyone. Uh, the co-founder of uh, WeStream. Uh, Canada's premier streaming service, as well as uh, executive producer of this program, um, unless I'm, unless I'm just absolutely uh, losing my mind, which I don't think I am, uh, I have no audio. Okay, well, we'll just uh, we'll limp through the program. We may not need it today. No, we may not need it today. But uh, you are more than welcome to join the program, and then if we do need it, we'll we'll figure it out. Okay, so what you have to do is if you want to chat with us about anything we're talking about, just uh, do what it says on the screen that you're looking at right now. Click on the Zoom link at the, uh, the bottom of the, of the post, all right? And then Kevin will get you all set up and so we can have a conversation. So technically, Lee, if we got the Ides of March, the Ides of March would be coming tomorrow. No, today is the 15th. I know, but there's 31 days. So 16 would be the middle with 15 days before and 15 right. days after. I'm not trying to argue with a, a Mensa dude. All I'm trying to say is, since the, dates of, since the days of the Roman Empire, the Ides of March has been the 15th. Oh, has it? Yes. Yeah, well, maybe they're working with the Roman calendar. Well, actually, it was Gregorian, but that's okay. <laughs> God. You know, that's why, that's why I've missed talking to you for the last couple of weeks, because you keep me on my toes. Well, I think what it is, Lee... I've At been, least I have the answers. I've been watching a Netflix series here. I think it's Conk on the World or whatever, and it's basically tongue-in-cheek uh, look at history, where it's somewhat factual, but there's lies throughout. For example, calling the uh, Titanic 
the world's first ever one-use submarine. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so yeah. so things like that. And I it's, think it's uh, in poor taste for the people that went down in it, 1919. It is, the show is but, in very poor taste, but uh, as a result... But my, it is funny. My, uh, my history knowledge has been kind of bastardized in the last couple of weeks. All right, okay, all right. So uh, now, let, let's... Uh, Dateline, as they used to say in the old uh, news business, Dateline Welland. This popped up today, and there is just a, a, a lovely uh, reconstructed uh, sign of uh, the Welcome to Welland, the Rose City sign. Now, as you can say, there have been some alterations to this sign. Now, Kevin and I want to call this one uh, Fun or Faux Pas. Is this something that's funny, or is it something that should be just absolutely uh, horribly disdain? Well, it's not a good thing to happen to your sign. Um, but well in the Rose City has now become apparently, according to these graffiti artists, uh, Kevin and I were debating this earlier, is graffitied? Uh, a word? I think I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I think graffitied uh, is a word. So now we are welcome to, or bienvenue, uh, bienvenue, uh, Welland, uh, the crack city. Now, to go beyond the obvious graffiti uh, of this, uh, Kevin, is Welland got a crack problem? Are you aware? Of whether there is a crack problem in Welland, or like, why would somebody do that to the I, sign? I don't know that they have any more or less of a problem as all the other municipalities in Niagara. I mean, there's an opioid yeah. crisis that I don't think is unique to Welland. Okay. And you know, people in the comments question me whether or not, you know, is it the crack city or is it the meth and fentanyl city? <laughs> but uh, as you say, all, all of our municipalities are struggling with uh, fentanyl and. Uh, addiction to prescription opioids and all of these things. Why? The, the city of crack? Something yeah. here. And ending. I mean, they really did a job on that sign. What is that? Something balls? Yeah, something balls. I don't know what it means. And then the one over here, Donovan. I'm not exactly sure what they have against Donovan. Or is that Darwin? Is that. Uh, people in the comments are saying that's Donovan. Donovan? So yeah. they know this guy? Well, no, Sna they're just saying it's Donovan. All right. And there's obviously some uh, very uh, rude words accompanying. That, is, that looks like a tag. You know, usually these graffiti people have like a calling card, a yeah, pack symbol. Yeah, they do, but that doesn't look like a tag to me. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, there you go. Just it doesn't, it doesn't swear words. Yeah, it's just really low-brow language on the sign. Because these tag artists, these graffiti artists... Their tags are usually fairly complicated and they're fairly artistic, but there's nothing artistic about that. Anyway, um, apparently they're going to be... So is it fun or is it a faux pas? I don't, uh, I don't see a lot of fun about it. I just think it's kind of a waste of time and ink, frankly. And uh, Kevin and I were talking earlier that Oh, people will be upset maybe because it's going to cost the city money. It's going to cost the taxpayer money to replace the sign. I don't think people care really about the sign. Take the sign down and, uh, like, there's what it used to look like. That's a nice sign. So put another one up. 
Yeah, no, but it cost him a bunch of money and, and needlessly. Well, yeah, it's needless, but okay, so, okay, do you put another sign up risking the fact that uh, Mr. Graffiti Artist is going to come back and besmirch our, uh, our wonderful logos again? I don't know. We see these signs all the time, but are we, we Kevin, let me, let me ask you this. You live, uh, you still live in, in St. Catharines, right? Or do you live in Pelham? I live right on the border, but I'm officially in St. Catharines. Okay. So that's, that's what I was asking. So when you see the welcome to St. Catharines, the Garden City, or Pelham, whatever it is that they refer to Pelham as, does it strike you with a pang of pride? Like, do you, do you want to put your hand over your heart and say, Go St. Catharines. I'm, I'm, pride, I'm prideful of St. Catharines, but I don't... But does it make you feel that way to see the sign? I don't know that the Garden City necessarily rings true anymore. I don't know that... What well were the gardens the that named city. the Garden City? I don't know. Like, you know, we have Montebello Park, and yeah, we have some green space, but we're not, we're not pouring over with green space. What is Niagara some, Falls? The Cataract City? That, yeah, I think so, the Cataract City. Then we, got, sense. then we got then we got Niagara on the Lake. What is that? I don't know. Old Town. The expensive city. <laughs> and Thorold is uh, where ships climb the mountain, and that makes sense. Okay, Port Colborne. I think they're the gateway or the mouth of, which kind of makes sense, alluding to the fact that yeah. you know they're they're right there at the. Okay, so and then we got Fort Erie. What would that be? I don't know Gateway City, like St. Louis. But, but does like it that? does it city? have a? Do we have a moniker for oh, for the municipality of Fort Erie? We should. Let me see if I can look up at the Fort Erie sign. Maybe we can read. And it then off of Grimsby, that. like Toronto leftovers. <laughs> I'm joking. People of Grimsby, please don't 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 get upset with me. I was just uh, just having fun. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, here's. Wellens, the Rose City, we know that. St. Catharines, the Garden City, whether it still deserves the title or not. Niagara Falls, Cataract City, Honeymo Honeymoon City, isn't it? Yeah, Honeymoon Capital of the World, so. Okay, the town of Fort Erie. I mean, that's just really the regional sign. I don't know if there's another, like, decorative sign that they have, is there? No, I, d I, don't, I don't know that it actually has a nickname. Yeah, the so-and-so city. Yeah, know. but it's I, weird when you when you tie yourself to this, right? Like in Welland, you're the Rose City. Well, what's yeah. so rosy about Welland? It's not like I see huge rose gardens. If anything, there's a nice well, rose garden in Montebello Park. Apparently, somebody from Welland, please call in. Uh, like, do the do the Zoom uh, link thing over over here. Uh, and and if you if you are a historian uh, that has the pedigree. The DNA of the Rose City let us know, but as, as I do understand it, um, it was famous at one point in time for its roses. I think there were floral competitions and, uh, and, and all, but that really is horrible. What, that pretty sign was, by some mental midget, was turned into this, and that that's not right. Yeah, I mean, just, to, to answer the question, Lee, if it's fun or faux pas, I would say if the graffiti was any good, it would be fun. But this is just faux but pas. But this is just, yeah, this is just nasty and... It's just defacing for... Yeah, it's, it's faux pas for sure. And unfortunately, all you need is a can of spray paint. And there you go, I guess in this case, too, because he had a blue and a white. And they spent some, 
they, they, what was the location of this particular sign, Kat? I think this is the one that's uh, out by Walmart. Oh, um, on tw- uh, like 20 and uh, Niagara Street? Yeah, right by Young Sportsplex and uh, the uh, Club Richelieu. Yeah. Right at that intersection, there's one on the northwest corner just before you go over the bridge. Yeah, see, that's just... If, you, if the person that did this actually lives in the city, you're not doing anything to help the pride of the city by doing this. If you, if you want your city to improve, there have to be better ways than doing this. I mean, I understand, I understand if you're upset about things. I understand if you have issues, etc. Don't we all? But maybe there's a better way. Now, I want to take a look at some of the comments, Lee, because it's, uh, I found the comments to be quite interesting, as they always are. 442 of them. 442 so, of them. And lots to say. I don't see any vandalism on the sign. I find it represents the place quite fittingly. Oh, my God. Only it's missing the... The hewer? What's that? Maybe it's humor. Is that a word? I, I was like, is that humor? one of those words I don't know? I it's have a pretty H- good vocabulary, H-U-E-R. but I don't. I don't. But I don't. Word. I don't get that. Christina says they should keep it. Suits what people are coming into when entering Welland. Wow. I have worked in Welland for over two years and have changed my opinion of this town. There are many great people that live in Welland, and every town has riffraff. So I disagree with a lot of these comments. Hope they catch the people responsible for this. Now, see, that is an. That is a, a position that I've found when I've, I've traveled across the country and lived in many cities, and people always say, oh, you're going to Winnipeg, oh, it's going to be blah, you're going to BC, it's going to be, mm. you're going to whatever, and I've often found that there are great things about places, and there are not so great things about places, and no place is perfect, otherwise we'd be moving to the Garden of Eden, and there is no such thing. But I've always found a reason to enjoy where I've lived, one reason or another. Um, I thought this was the original sign. (laughs) That was obviously meant as a humor. Um, Too bad for this sign will cost tax... There's we... Finally, somebody mentions tax dollars. It'll cost tax dollars to replace. Some young youths haven't figured this out. We all pay. And, uh, yeah... That's disgusting. Everyone knows that Welland is not Crack City. It's the armpit of the Niagara region. That's, that's a line that goes back a long way. But you know what, Kevin? Um, in, in Welland's defense, uh, let me continue with the comments for now. Uh, I don't understand the hate for Welland. The town is changing. I've been living here for three years, and there are a lot of great families that are local or moving from somewhere else, and that's not my opinion at all. It's a small town that's evolving. That sign will suit much better St. Catharines or the Falls. Oh, now it's just, just uh, sort of uh, through the shade across the region. <laughs> I don't know how well it used to be, but now things are changing. Leave it alone. Um, and to that, to that point, um, Welland has come a long, long way with its development, and uh, mainly because of its access now because there used to be a major problem you couldn't it's like if you lived in welland you couldn't get anywhere from there Uh, but since they expanded the 406 corridor and it's so accessible uh, to uh, port colburn to the to, to the south the queen elizabeth highway 
and, and other communities to the north, the Niagara Falls area to the west, uh, or to the east and other points. So the, it's, uh, it's a much more accessible uh, municipality than it, than it used to be. And when you look at the development now, and the only thing, Kevin, that really, really has bothered me, uh, uh, frankly, because I don't like, I don't like to make fun of, of of any area as being any less or any more desirable than another. It's just people have a right to live in their community and enjoy the benefits and uh, and deal with the things that need to be fixed and the thing with the thing with welland is the fact that uh, it has had that sort of um, stain on it uh, over the years but what i was where i was going with this is things were really starting to pop and then we had this condo thing going on that was being built along the canal and we had the two condo collapses and it's been in the news that the developer is now being sued by people in Niagara Falls because of their connection with a development going on there and it's just unfortunately one more one more nail I guess uh, in the in the coffin of public opinion of of things that happen in Welland and that's one of the things that I found so disheartening about that condo collapse is it didn't do anything at all to help the community it as a matter of fact it it, it was just yet another reason to poke fun at things that are being developed or happening in Welland and I don't like it I, I just don't like it I spend a lot of my time in Welland my cousin my aunt uh, uh, lived in Welland. He's like a brother to me and my my grandparents and lived just outside uh, Welland in Font Hill, Fenwick area. I spent a lot of my time in that area and I have and there are great things going on. There's some nice restaurants, they've done beautiful things decorating the bridges, especially the Main Street Bridge across the canal in Welland. They've got the recreational canal there and there's so much so many good things are happening there and something like this just sort of takes takes you back a few steps and I it, I don't like it uh, it looks like the city was unable to clean the sign of the graffiti and opted to tear it down hopefully they will replace it every city has drug issues these days and for the size of Welland it easily stands out but instead of defacing city property why not try getting attention to the issues by speaking with the local news outlets or city councillors. Harold, thank you. It's a very well thought out and logical argument and, uh, and some feedback for that picture and I don't think that they could have fixed that sign. Uh, it would I think be a lot cheaper just to redo it and put it back up. So anyway, that was sort of me waxing philosophical yeah, I don't about know, that. Liam, I'm 50-50. My wife's family is from Welland. I'm in Welland all the time. Our son plays soccer in Welland, primarily because Young Sportsplex is the nicest indoor facility going. And the yeah. Welland Wizards, it's a great organization. So we're rubbing shoulders in Welland and with Welland people all the time. But at the same time, you know what? You drive down King Street by the old hospital there, and I'm playing hockey at that rink once a week. And yeah. 
It's an eyesore. I mean, every city's got its eyesore, right? So I think yeah. that's what people have pointed out. It said, I don't know that Welland is any better or worse than any other neighboring municipalities. And hey, you take a wrong turn in downtown St. Catharines, you might have the same... Uh, you might have the same experience. Oh, come on. Drive down Ontario Street by the old GM plant. I mean, you talk about an eyesore. Yeah. And then down Queenston uh, Street by where the, the old, old General Hospital used to be. Uh, St. Catharines is not without its Port blight. Or where the old everything used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like That's the, that's really a shame. I know, I know they're working in the right direction. But, Lee, remember, it used to be one of the top two places that I would go in the summer if people right. were visiting. Yeah. Where do you want to go? It's a nice day. We're going to Port Luzi. And, and now, and now the city fathers, in their ultimate wisdom, uh, have taken the staff recommendations to continue parking fees at all of the beaches in St. Catharines for the summer of 2023. What the hell are you thinking? These fees came up for one reason and one reason only. Because residents, and rightfully so, residents were complaining about people from other municipalities, namely Toronto, coming down here because their beaches were closed. St. Catharines, this is during COVID. It was a de definitely a knee-jerk reaction to COVID-related activity. And they started charging fees so that they could try to control the parking uh, locations and time of uh, like around the beaches and in residential areas like Sunset Beach and et cetera, and, uh, and even uh, Lakeside Park in Port Dalhousie. And that made sense. It made sense to somehow try to control it. But COVID is over now. The Toronto beaches are open now. Everything is back to pseudo normal. And St. Catherine's staff, city staff recommends and the council continued to support them that we have to keep the parking fees in place for somebody that's going to the beach. I think it's totally wrong. It's totally misdirected. If, if, if you want to call it like it is and say it's a tax grab, okay, we'll buy that. We're going to charge parking because we want more money in our coffers. Okay, tell the truth about it and be transparent. But don't tell me it's because you want to control parking. Well, you want to know a little more truthfully, and I pretty much agree with everything you've said, but here's a little bit of truth, is that last year, in order to administer this, if you remember the first year they did it, again, during COVID, it was all mail-outs. And you could tell from the yeah. onset, you're like, this is a terrible system. And they've got 15,000. We did our mail-outs. We got our little... Yeah, they yeah. got 15,000 requests. It overloaded the staff. They were pulling staff in from other departments. So to streamline that, they said, okay, let's do it all digitally. But unfortunately, they signed on for a two-year contract, the second being this year. So it's not a tax grab because, believe it or not, the system costs the city money. They take in less than it costs them to administer the program. So why are we... Because okay. if we didn't do it okay, this year... Okay, I accept, I accept that perspective. What is the point then? Well, the point is to lose less money because if we don't do it this year, then we're still going to have to pay that digital company, whether it's twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 for a service that they weren't going to use this year. Okay, but Trust me. did they enter into a longer-term contract they with this digital? Into, I believe they entered into a two-year contract last year. Well, that's stupid. Year. I... I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I realize that's I realize that's a low echelon word. Stupid. Uh, I I would say it's uh, ill-intentioned. <laughs> right. But if it wasn't for that two-year contract, they could literally do nothing and make more money. Like they could just say, okay, you know what? But, and, and not even a free-for-all because they have 
they had meters down there. But it's not about. It wasn't. It wasn't initiated to be about making money. It was initiated to be about a quality of life for the residents of the areas around those beaches so that they weren't inconvenienced and harassed by people parking where they weren't supposed to park. That issue that created that is now gone. It doesn't exist anymore. And we're still going to have to pay a fee to go park at Lakeside Park in Port Dalhousie. And the thing I saw in the article I read was, oh, well, it'll keep um, cars rotating so people can find... Bull! Oh, yep. I've, no, lived in mean, the, I've, I've, I've known this area for more than 60 years, and I'm telling you, there was always a way to find a place to park at Lakeside Park eventually. Yeah, I, you know what? I was happy to see that uh, the mayor, Matt Sisko, voted against it. So now, interestingly, um, I was uh, rubbing shoulders with, with the mayor and CAO and some of the council of... Uh, I know. You're connected. You're a big dude Wednesday. these days. Uh, last Wednesday, and there you go, the Jack family has strolled in. Okay. All the littles, too. Um, we, uh, we facilitated, provided the AV and also the, um, the live streaming for their uh, town hall on the Sonics explosion. Right. And I met, uh, I met Natty, Ryan Conklin's yeah. fiance, who we interviewed on the show. I yeah, how'd that go? It went really well. You know what? Because the city had all their ducks in a row, they had the ministry there. Yeah. They had the environmental people there. Everybody that needed to answer questions from the concerned residents okay. were there with it. Even if they didn't have answers on the tip of the tongue, at least there was somebody there to say, listen, I don't have that answer right now. And here's why I don't have that answer. Okay. Right how, now. Is, how, how is Natty? She seemed to be doing okay. Yeah. Uh, right now, she's looking for, I think, a home. Not saying she's looking. I think she has a plan, but she was talking about um, Ryan's coffee truck that is going to be a bit of a legacy. Right. right. They got that mobile food truck that's just a coffee truck and, yeah. and what they're going to do with that this summer and moving forward. And it was nice to see um, the mayor came over to Natty, wanted to give her a big hug, and uh, CEO David Oak, same. Nice, as soon yeah. as it was done, they came straight over and wanted to say hi to uh, hi to Natty and, okay, and, and so give her a hug and let her know that uh, you know we're we're very sorry. Let me let me take this conversation in a slightly different direction, but on the same topic. At this open, this public community open house, re that that terrible incident in Port Weller. What was the what was the bottom line on? why this happened because i i haven't to be perfectly honest i haven't delved into it so and you were there so you tell me i'm interviewing you now about what the bottom line of why this happened uh the bottom line is we don't know yet and we also may never know they did say that um that it was not due to natural gas and why I say they may never know a lot of times with explosions to speak for example the uh, the herder fire They'll yeah. never get to a cause of the Herndor fire because so much was destroyed in the fire. Okay. And I, I can't say conclusively because they didn't really want to draw conclusions at this point. Okay, but, the, but, but it was a community information session, so there must have been things that c the community asked that they weren't able to answer. I mean, there it is right Just there. like me. Um, there were, and a lot of the questions they weren't able to answer had to do with that, about the cause of the explosion. Uh, because there is an investigation ongoing, but they did allude to the fact that okay. we, we may never know, and I think we're at least able to say that it was not due to natural gas. Um, a lot of the concerns was about the, um, the water 
I think there's the uh, fire chief right there did a tremendous job of hosting the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, we've interviewed that gentleman before. Um, he, was, uh, he was talking, I think they used something like 11.5 million liters of water on this fire. And, of course, that water is going into the ditches, and some of those ditches are going into Lake Ontario. No, it was they talked about setting up um, a boom in Lake Ontario to try right. and keep the pollutants from going any further. So they were doing everything that they're supposed to do in a very hurried and organized but I saw, fashion. But I, I saw a different lines here and there uh, while the coverage of this was going on and it was it was a storage of um, uh, incendiary chemicals they created they manufactured certain chemicals there um, when we when we heard that uh, the gentleman that was was killed his his last his last words to the nurses in the hospital before he passed away were, I just opened the door. And, like, Armageddon. Um, so, one thing they did say from the ministry, Lee, and people found this interesting, and I don't know if there's anything to it. It said that they were last inspected, Sonics was last inspected in 2020, right. and they were set to be inspected again in 2023. And there is a regular schedule of checks and balances and inspections, right. uh, but they were saying that the ministry or whatever the department is is also largely complaint-driven, and we hadn't received any complaints. And every investigation we've had, Sonics has passed, so it's hard to say whether they would have passed again. Right? right. I mean, sometimes there's accidents. We want to pretend that they're all preventable, and hopefully, in this case, they do find the cause and, and find out that if it was preventable, here's what we can do in the future. Um, but a facility like this must have some sort of regular inspection to, like, you know, give you the good housekeeping stamp of approval over, I don't know, once every four years or five years. Well, that's years. what I'm saying. It sounded like the schedule was last in 2020, now in 2023. But if oh, you remember, okay. there was also the pandemic in the middle of there. Yeah. So everybody's scheduling, especially when it came to physically going to a facility, right, was all thrown off. So now I don't the, know what the, the regular schedule was. Is the company continuing to operate? Um, they, I do not believe they have given have been given permission to be back on site, running a business at this point. Okay, so as the investigation continues, the the business is basically at a standstill. I, I, okay. I believe so, Lee, and I, I would encourage everybody if you are interested in it, um, it's right here on the City of St. Catharines uh, YouTube channel, and you can see the URL there: stcatharines.ca/slash Kiefer Road Fire. Right. If you go to that webpage, that's where they have the most up-to-date information. There are some FAQs, but trust me, um, it, the whole broadcast is about an hour and a half. You watch that hour and a half, and you will get all the questions answered that you have. And we and uh, it was streamed by WeStream, correct? Yes. And uh, the easiest place to find it is the City of St. Catharines site? Yeah, either the YouTube channel or go to stcatharines.ca forward slash Kiefer uh, Road Fire. Uh, but it was, uh, it was we're very calm, very civil, and you see throughout here, I mean, I can forward three, the, the residents there was a packed house. They were invited to come to the microphone and ask their questions, and nobody was turned away. Everybody was very respectful good, of good. the dignitaries and the professionals that were in the room, and it was actually very informative, very, very um, productive night. It definitely good. moved the community forward. Excellent. Unlike the Juno Awards that had a half-naked uh, woman saying, save the green belt on her back this past <laughs> Sunday, uh, good to see the old tradition of streaking has not faded away into the background. Oh, well. Yeah, is there any video on that, Al? Uh, uh, yeah. 
there was a, there are a couple of pictures of it anyway. Avril Lavigne was the one that uh, was uh, presenting and or accepting an award at the time, and uh, this 37-year-old woman, uh, well, whatever. Uh, this is a very, very uh, interesting time in our year. We talked about the Ides of March already, and we have a beautiful day for the 15th of March. On Monday is our first day of summer. No. Uh, spring. First Even day of that spring. I can't believe. No. First, did I say summer? It's uh, the, the, the first day of spring. Um, and this is a very interesting day. And I only mention it because of a very famous person that is related, uh, unfortunately, to the... The, the, the recognition of this day. This is National SPS Day. Now, what SPS stands for is Stiff Person Syndrome. And just to, to bring this home uh, a little bit uh, for you, I'll try to find it here, is is because of Celine Dion. Celine Dion uh, and her career has taken a real uh, step backwards or has stalled, let's put it that way. The stiff, uh, stiff person syndrome, uh, SPS, is a rare progressive neurological disorder. Symptoms uh, may include stiff muscles in the trunk, arms, and legs, greater sensitivity to noise, touch, and emotional distress, which can set off muscle spasms. And the people, the orga organizations and people I've talked to and, and read about this say, by calling it stiff person syndrome, it sort of undersells it. It makes it sound not as important as it is. But late last year, singer Celine Dion announced that she had been diagnosed with this stiff person syndrome, a rare autoimmune disease that causes muscle spasms and extreme tightness and would postpone all tour dates until 2024. This is, ladies and gentlemen, incurable. There is no treatment. There is no cure for this disease. It's like your or syndrome, uh, for the lack of a better word, this affects you without you being able to do anything in ab about it. And you can understand what that might do to somebody who is a, a singer and a performer because they just can't, they can't move. Uh, and even the muscles in her throat would be affected. And uh, I had never heard, the reason I'm bringing it up today is I had never heard of stiff person syndrome before. So this is National SPS Day and if you want to find out more about it just Google it or go online. SPS Foundation was created after this lady's uh, own diagnosis of the disease in 2017. She formed the support group for this. The foundation focuses on raising awareness and funding for research and supporting others who have uh, SPS. 
Uh, and this lady that formed the foundation says anything that happens, like her, meaning Celine Dion's announcement, that helps support our mission, we want to be able to leverage that any way we can so that we can get to better treatments and a cure. It took this lady, her last name is Zier, three years to be diagnosed. A timeline, she said, is quickly compared to other SPS patients. During that three-year journey, Zier said she was mislabeled, misdiagnosed, and mismanaged. After being diagnosed, she discovered one of the reasons why little research on SPS exists. It was probably my third visit with my neurologist at Johns Hopkins. This is a very big hospital where he told me they had recently applied for a grant to research stiff person syndrome at the National Institute of Health and they were denied the grant because there was not enough research to support getting it. So that just completely blew my mind. And Kevin, people that suffer from rare uh, and um, under misunderstood diseases um, often find this. Uh, they're not high on the research scale of grants. And so they suffer in pretty much silence until someone like Celine Dion comes along and is, is, is important enough, is big enough, uh, makes headlines enough that it becomes actually a thing. So kudos to Celine Dion for, for making this a thing. And hopefully the people that suffer from this syndrome, suffer from this debilitating uh, thing, um, are able to now have a voice at least in the research community and get some grants to study what is what is really and actually going on. Just, uh, I, I'd never heard of it before, Kev. And I guess that's what uh, Ms. Zier is saying, that if it weren't for Celine Dion, a lot of people would have never heard of it. And now finally we have a, we have a voice. Not the same as you, like literally had not heard no. of stiff person syndrome. And unfortunately, I think they need like a different name because I do think they need a different name because the first thing that the first thing I thought of is people are going to giggle as sad as that is <laughs> stiff person syndrome it it conjures up a lot of jokes it also doesn't sound very serious exactly yeah stiff person syndrome okay well whatever sleep it off yeah go to your chiropractor yeah, stretch take it a out. pill yeah stretch it out you'll have be an, fine have an Ativan uh, take an ibuprofen you'll be you'll feel better in the morning um, which is not at all what, uh, what and, that and is. It's almost like, um, you know, you hear people with Lyme disease about how long it takes them to be diagnosed. And yeah. you feel for these people saying it took me three years before I got a proper diagnosis. And then in 2017, she had to form her own foundation. There was not an SPS foundation. So obviously, yeah. uh, Celine Dion has shone a very big bright or a, a very big light on SPS and maybe they can move it forward. But and even the John Hopkins that, doctor that, saying, we were denied the grant because there's not enough information to justify doing the grant. You're like, well, that's why Which, we need the well, grant. Well, yeah, it's like catch 22. Like, you got to start somewhere. Uh, so, um, as I said, I, I've never been a huge, I was always a fan of Celine Dion's talent. Uh, I was never really a big fan of her. Uh, met her a couple of times, and I, I was never really a big fan of her, uh, but certainly respected her talent and her ability like her her singing is like second to absolutely none but i think this is probably the best thing she could have done is to lead this charge and make it more 
Absolutely. Uh, more, uh, more aware, I guess. Increase awareness out there. Okay, um, I want to take some time out again to thank our sponsors, Gales Gas Bars, who have been fueling this program for uh, many, many years, fueling Niagara for 50. They uh, put up a new logo on their website uh, this week, and I wanted to acknowledge that and thank Jessica Friesen and her gang for being a part of this program and continuing to support us. And with, with absolutely no interference on the things that, that we do, they, um, they pay us for a sponsorship. We, uh, we appreciate their title sponsorship. And uh, they just let Kevin and I get on with informing and entertaining, hopefully, uh, and communicating with all things Niagara. And for that, we really appreciate your support. And the same goes to uh, Verge Insurance Group Limited. Uh, Verge uh, Insurance Brokers, long, long time, uh, born and bred business here for all your insurance needs in uh, the Niagara region. And um, I want to mention a couple things here because this is a big week. Not only do we have the Ides of March, not only do we have the first day of spring on Monday, in a couple of days we're clip-clopping over to St. Patrick's Day. You see, Julius Caesar... Julius Caesar was killed by the senators of Rome uh, on the Ides of March. And then a couple of days later, he was reincarnated to St. Patrick. So that's what we got going on here at Fiddler's Poorhouse. And I did a little uh, research. So, uh, first of all, there are no reservations. Uh, I don't think any restaurants are taking reservations or anything on uh, St. Patrick's Day, just because it's just kind of a crazy day, you know. But... Uh, they are serving uh, here at Fiddler's. If you want to come in, find yourself a seat. They are serving uh, corned beef and cabbage, traditional Irish dish, uh, Guinness Irish stew. They have $16 pitchers of uh, PVR. Uh, they also have $9 doubles and $4 pickle shots and green teas. So those are the some of the St. Patrick's Day type fair you're going to be able to get here at uh, Fiddler's Poorhouse, 149 St. Paul Street, downtown St. Catherine's. Um, Kevin, let's, uh, let's chat about uh, you for a little bit. I know it's all about you, uh, you know, uh, but that's okay. I don't mind. Uh, Kevin Jack, by the way, is a co-founder with Brandon Scram of WeStream, Canada's premier streaming service. And when I say that, Kevin, let me, let me turn it back to you. When, when I say streaming service, when people hear me say streaming service, what does that mean? Just for people that really don't understand it. It means that uh, we're a production company that can come broadcast your event on the internet. <sighs> And the internet could be a variety of different things. It could be YouTube, it could be Facebook, it could be Twitter, it could be to your Facebook page, it could be wherever you want it to land. Uh, but you know, one thing that, uh, that we always tell people is uh, go where the people are. Right? That's what I always tell people. Go to where the people are, and you know what? You're crazy to think that the people aren't just on their phones nowadays. So right. it is a really effective tool if you want to engage people, right? If you think you're going to put on an event and, hey, hundreds of people are going to come watch. You're like, I don't know about that. You might want to consider live streaming it. It makes it accessible to everybody. So people that have mobility issues and they just can't get a ride or, heck, I had something else that night. At least then you can participate through the live stream or 
the archived recording because everything that's streamed gets recorded. And in, in a lot of cases, that's more valuable than the live stream itself. And it's like a time capsule. It's kept forever. You know what? I think one of the most misleading statements of all time uh, can be attributed to Kevin Costner. Because when he was making this movie, Field of Dreams, this is where this, uh, this line had its genesis, was build it and they will come. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. You can build all kinds of things. And if you don't invite people, they're not going to come. If they don't know it's there, they're not going to come. And even if you invite them, you're asking a lot out of somebody. Know what you need to do? You need to bring it to them. Well, that's, yeah, that and was... That's, that, that's where they are. That, that, that was my point. They're not, they're not going to just come. Just because you got a good idea or you, uh, you built a better mousetrap or whatever it is, it doesn't mean that they're going to come buy it. They're not going to come look at it. And I still use, I still use that, that wonderful example. And I, I hate to keep shining the light on Niagara Falls Mayor Diodati, but um, it wasn't his fault. I mean, he did the right thing. He had a, 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 a media event when their first rainbow sidewalk, their first rainbow crosswalk was revealed in the city of Niagara Falls. And there might have been a dozen people at the event. And those dozen or so people, let, let's, be, let's be generous and call it 20 people at the event. Um, and those people, I'm sure, were somehow connected to the concept of the, of the crosswalk itself. They weren't really from the general public. They were people that had a vested interest in, in being there. Now... That didn't mean the event was not successful. Au contraire. It was very successful because WeStream was streaming over the internet the official unveiling of the, the rainbow crosswalk. And what was it, Kevin? 70,000 people viewed that event. Yeah, so you know, 35 people there in person, 70,000 people online. So you want to talk about impact? And of course, all of those views didn't come day of, and they continue to generate views. Yeah. Right? So you're left with a legacy. I mean, here's another example that I can share with you, Lee. And here's the, um, the town of Grimsby has hired WeStream for the last five oh, years. This is a great one. Their Santa Claus parade. Yeah. And I mean, we just do a bang up job, it's very affordable. And if you think for the town, you've now made your Santa Claus parade accessible to everybody. So nobody can say, hey, it's too cold, it's too wet, there's too many people, whatever your I'm going to sit in my is, den or I'm going to sit with the family and watch this. And we can just watch it at home. This town of Grimsby Santa Claus Parade from this year has accumulated 15,000 views. So you talk about that from the city perspective and say, hey, how many people were there in person? I don't know, two, 3,000 people maybe mm -hmm. lining the streets. You've got 15,000 views. And what does that do for all the floats right. that are paying to be in the parade as well? Now, all these people that paid for those exposure for two or 3,000 people have now been exposed to 15,000 people, like the Grimsby, the youth soccer club in Grimsby. I mean, you know, it just goes on and yeah. on. So, uh, it's just a... And the quality, ladies and gentlemen, is something that you're going to not see any higher on, uh, well, let's take it to New Year's Day and you get a Rose Bowl parade or something like that uh, coming from the major networks uh, out of the United States. The quality is no, is no better than this.
This is uh, yeah, optimum right. stuff. Thank so you, man. I'm very proud of the work that we do there. And you should be, Kevin. You should be. And and also of this of this program that I wanted to talk about for a few minutes. We have a couple of sponsors that uh, sponsorships available. We have a maximum of four. We have Gales, as you know, that is our title sponsor. We have Verge Insurance Group as well. Uh, Fiddler's Poorhouse is is our host for Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. My company underwrites it as well because I'm here doing the doing the hosting uh, duties and if you need somebody that is a professional voice and marketing expert for anything that you need that involves audio I have uh, somewhere around 40 different titles that are available on Audible through uh, Amazon that I've narrated. I am a professional voice actor and uh, uh, be it character or be it narration or be it commercial and uh, I can help you with with that too. I, you know you hear these things if you listen to the radio or you watch TV or you go online or whatever and you see somebody uh, that owns a furniture store and they're doing their own commercial you don't want to buy furniture from this guy <laughs> but if you've got somebody that knows how to talk properly uh, you might want to buy furniture from them so that's what I do uh, but beyond that uh, beyond that um, our program reaches on any given week it varies of course because people have different things that they do with their lives yourself included but it varies anywhere between 20 to 40,000 views per week and uh, well over 2 million views per year on 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 this program um, that actually doesn't air every day but it airs often enough to get those kinds of views and if you're owning a business if you already advertise a little bit somewhere around Niagara and you want to continue to explore different avenues to promote your business give us a call we'll give you the numbers uh, and as far as the cost of doing business with us is concerned it's incredibly cost-effective it's incredibly efficient and we will gladly have a chat with you about that because once we're full, uh, once we have two more sponsors, that's it. You can't, you can't get in. We we're not like NASCAR where we got labels all over the place. Um, so because we want you to be able to stand out, and as you can see throughout this program, Verge and Gales, uh, WeStream, Niagara Live, uh, Niagara 411. Uh, my name here on the, it's visible throughout the entire show. It's not just 30 seconds at a time. You got 90 minutes or more of constant exposure when you're on this show and people are engaged in the content. So enough of the shameless uh, promotion. I do want to uh, mention also something that is of a more serious nature. Kevin, and I want to, I guess is condolence is the right word. I want to pass on my my feelings to the Bosma family of Hamilton. You will remember that Tim Bosma was murdered a number of years ago because he took a truck out for a test spin because he wanted he was thinking of buying a truck. And he went online. He was uh, he was selling it. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. He was selling the truck, not buying, selling. I'm yeah, sorry. So of, I, course, I, of, I, of course, you would go for the ride along. Like, uh, hey, I'm yeah. not letting you take my truck. I apologize to the Bosmans. Yes, he was selling the truck. So a couple of guys show up, uh, Dylan Millar and Mark Smitch. And they want to take the truck for a ride. And, of course, uh, as Kevin was saying, uh, Tim went along for the ride. You know the story. He ended up being murdered. Um, Dylan Millar's father was also murdered uh, in another incident. And Dylan Millar and Mark Smitch were both sentenced to two what you might call life sentences that were uh, billed as, by the judge as consecutive sentences. Well, finally the time has come where they are now, this is day three of hearings, to uh, appeal hearings for both Smitch and Millard to see if they can get new trials. The case that the defense is putting forward, and it would appear that their case is being well received by the justice system, is that consecutive sentencing is unconstitutional in Canada. That was the ruling. Consecutive sentences the other option, uh, of course, is concurrent. In other words, if you have been uh, sentenced, as Millard was, to 35 years in prison for one murder and 25 or 35 years for another murder, consecutive means that you would have been sentenced to 70 years in prison. However, concurrent means that those two sentences would be combined and that person would serve 25 or 35 whatever, however the justice system deems to combine those. Smitch, the same thing. He was sentenced to two 25-year terms uh, to be served consecutively. And the, the Supreme Court has said that's unconstitutional. So this is something that's been in the justice system for many, many years. So what is happening today on day three of these trials is partially uh, attempting to prove that their sentences should be concurrent as opposed to consecutive, meaning that both Millard and Smitch would serve 25 years maximum, but also would be eligible for parole at an earlier date than they would have been under the original sentence. Make sense? Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me from a legal perspective, but that's, that's the law, and that's what's going on today. And I can't imagine, Kevin, the, the horror and the, the emotional state that the Bosma family would be going through to have all of this dredged up again. Because this was a horrible, horrible, despicable 
crime. It was horrible. Lee, I remember uh, both you and I were working at a local radio station as this case we was, were, was yes. unfolding, and it was, it was terrible. I can remember being on air and, like, literally, not during a commercial break, kind of skimming through and reading some articles online as new information came forward in the case. And that is when I read uh, news from Laura Babcock's parents. And an article that right. said that Laura Babcock had gone missing maybe a year before the Timothy Bosma murder. Yeah. She'd gone missing, and she was known to be a friend of Dellen Millard. And I went, oh, my God, he killed Laura Babcock. Yeah. Like, there was no other conclusion to draw. That's what we knew about the farm out near Cambridge. It yeah. had that big incinerator. And his father. And his father. I mean, all the pieces started to come together. And I think the father's at the, the crux of this case as well, but the... The Laura Babcock one was just, oh, my God, this guy's a monster. Truly, truly, a a sociopathic monster. Um, And uh, anyway, we don't know what's going to come out of today. It'll probably stretch into another few days. Who knows? I just wanted to let you know that in in case you missed it, that's what's happening today. And we thought that these animals had been dealt with already, but apparently uh, the animal training goes on. And speaking of that, this is really a cheesy segue, and I apologize. Uh, On another sad note, the last killer whale in Canadian captivity, Kiska, whose home for many years has been Marineland in Chippewa, passed away this past week. And um, uh, she's been buried on the property. As I understand it, almost all, if not all, of the animals that uh, have passed away on the property of Marineland over the years are buried on the property. And, and there was a picture showed up. I don't. I, I think it was on on Facebook somewhere, but wherever. Of and, and it wasn't really a picture of the whale. It wasn't a picture of Kiska in any way. It was just a a white field with a big backhoe uh, out there. Because obviously, to bury a whale, it takes some effort. So um, we bid farewell and a rest in peace to to Kiska the killer whale and as I understand it I read a few articles just to make sure that I wasn't speaking out of turn is the fact that Kiska was the very last whale killer whale there's the picture of where she was buried and there's the backhoe that would have dug the hole the last whale in Canada in captivity has passed away and there will be no more because of the regulations and the restrictions that are in place about how animals are to be treated. There will be no more SeaWorld or Marineland type performances. There will be no more captivity for these animals. And I saw a post by a, a close friend of mine, a, a broadcaster, who said, I feel like a piece of crap because how much I enjoyed going to Marineland when I was a kid. Had I only known. We didn't know 
what was right and wrong with regard to animals. When we were children, when we went to zoos, one of my favorite trips, Kevin, was going to the Buffalo Zoo. I thought it was fabulous. Uh, and, the, and the animals looked fine to me, and they probably were at the, at, the, at the Buffalo Zoo. I don't know. All I know is the fact that it was a wonderful day out for families, for kids to see these animals in, in real life situations, or what we thought were real life uh, situations. And then when places like SeaWorld down in the United States and Marineland here in Canada had these fabulous water shows and these animals that were performing for the joy of children and their families, we didn't, we didn't relate to the issues that are out there today. Um, and I don't know how we could have because it was just another time. And, and they were wonderful times. They were marvelous times. Uh, and we reached out to Phil Demers, uh, who of course is the ex-trainer uh, and the subject of uh, The Walrus and the Whisperer, uh, uh, an award-winning documentary. And uh, he has a day job, so he's not always available to come in and, and, and talk to us. But uh, uh, the, um, the walrus was also just transported, uh, Kevin, to another zoo. Smooshy was? Smooshy. Okay. Smooshy uh, within the last, well, since we did our last show a couple of weeks ago, Smooshy was uh, relocated to her new home in, I think it's New Jersey. Okay, that's good to hear. I'm not 100% sure, but the last time we had Phil on the program, he was supposedly going to be allowed to come uh, and visit Smooshy, but couldn't get within so many meters or so many yards of, of the walrus, but the walrus has been relocated to another facility, and I thought it was New Jersey. I could be totally wrong. So... Here's what uh, Phil has to say. You can you can read it there, but it uh, looks yeah. like they're doing a peaceful protest. It wouldn't surprise me if May 20th, the day that it's planned for, is opening day at Marineland, although, yeah, probably the May 2-4 weekend is when they would open. To do what, I Just wonder? Just protest outside. About no, but I, I know the protest, but what has Marineland got to show for itself? What is the point? Not sure. Now, Lee, I, I think I've gone through a, a bit of a... An education, a learning curve, a change in attitude is through my adult life as well. You were mentioning when I was young, I, I wasn't as well informed. I still fall on the side of like animals in captivity don't bother me that much. I like going to a zoo. I like seeing animals that I otherwise wouldn't. I where, agree. Where I do land on is that just because they're in captivity doesn't mean that it needs to be the wrong type of captivity. Totally. And maybe whales aren't the animals that should be captive. Maybe they're not the type of animals that should be captive, especially uh, in solitude, the way right. Kiska was. Um, and also, if the predominant feeling in Canada was we should not have any animals in captivity, I'm not going to be the one to fight that. All right, fine. If that's where we want to go as a society, I'm fine with that. I'm probably not going to miss anything. Um, why do? Why am I okay with it? I don't know. Is it a food chain thing? When Is it my insensitivity? I eat animals. I have no problem going to a zoo and watching them. You know, I, I just I do I, not I want to see any living creature 
shot, killed. I'm not a, I, I, I'm sorry, hunters. I'm not on the side of, 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 of hunters. I know there's a place for it, but that's, that's another debate. As far as animals in captivity are concerned, I don't have a serious problem with it as long as their habitat suits their natural environment. When Toronto Zoo opened and I first went to Toronto Zoo, I was both, uh, I was both excited and disappointed. Be excited because this was a really cool concept about a particular animal being held in an environment that is more like its natural environment and the Toronto Zoo people went to great expense and great effort to ensure that it was kind of almost like being in the wild. I was disappointed because you couldn't tell whether you were ever going to be able to see them or not because they could be way, way off. The back of the enclosure. They could be way off in the distance. So you paid your money and you went to see these animals, but you might not actually see the animals because of the way they were being kept, which was a good thing. So it was a bit of a catch-22 uh, situation in that. But one of the arguments when, when this Marineland debate started and as it continued, one of, the, one of the topics that came up that I, I'm sorry I could not agree with is the fact there is no educational value to zoos. I completely disagree with that from personal experience. I learned a lot about animals and environments, etc. when I was a kid and I was going to traditional zoos, i.e. the Buffalo Zoo. That's the only one I can think about because that's the one that I would have been, been visiting most often. The seals that, and perhaps they, uh, God bless, perhaps they were not um, kept and, and treated as, as they would have been in the wild. I don't, I don't know. It always seemed to be that there were never any t terrible complaints in, in the day uh, about a zoo like the Buffalo Zoo, for example. But I found it very educational. I, I, better than looking through a picture book. Uh, I suppose now with the internet it's a different situation because I didn't have the internet back then. I couldn't watch the videos that our children can watch today. So there's, an, uh, there's a caveat there. But I did find an incredible educational component to, to seeing these, these animals. The monkeys, the seals, the, the birds, the snakes, the whatever. The deer, the groundhogs, the rabbits, I whatever they are. And, and let's take it even closer to home. Let's look at uh, um, Happy Rolfs in, in St. Catharines. I've taken uh, all my grandchildren when they visit us to Happy Rolfs. And believe me, I, I, don't, I don't think that there is any abuse of, uh, of, of animals going on there. They love animals. Uh, there now they don't have whales and elephants and things like that but you know um, I do think my point being my only point being is I don't want to see animals abused but I do believe that there is a learning component to to children being able to be up close and personal with animals so at the risk of flogging a horse <laughs> uh, 
Now, that's that's where I stand on that. Now, Lee, where uh, where'd you park today? Did you park out back? I parked out uh, behind uh, the lovely Fiddler's Poorhouse. Well, I don't think the NRP have identified that as a catalytic converter hotspot. Oh, jeez, yeah. Boy, you, can't, you can't park anywhere. We've got the catalytic converters, and then we got all the thefts happening, the distraction thefts happening in the parking lots as well. You can't... Yeah, lots of these scams going on. You can't go anywhere, and the NRP just updated us on Niagara Falls this morning. Oh, okay, just this morning. All right, so uh, Niagara Falls seeing spike in catalytic converter theft. City of Niagara Falls is experiencing a spike in catalytic converter thefts since early February. Suspect, suspects have targeted over 21 parked trucks and cars. These have been active in the residential apartment building parking lots in the north end, uh, north of Thoroldstone Road in the falls. Thieves have also targeted commercial parking lots within the areas of Montrose Road, McLeod Road, Pin Oak Drive, and Canadian Drive. Suspects are using battery-operated handheld power tools, such as grinders and reciprocating saws, to cut the catalytic converters off the bottom of the cars and trucks. Ten of the 21 incidents have involved a Hyundai car or sport utility vehicle the stolen catalytic converters are believed to be then being sold for the metals they contain. Anyone with information about these thefts, do the usual. Call 905-688-4111, option 3, extension blah de blah Members of the public who wish to provide information anonymously can contact Crime Stoppers as usual, 800-222-8477. And this follows Lee... I guess part of this article would, would involve the catalytic converter thefts at Niagara Square, which yeah, we heard imagine, about two or three days ago. Can you imagine, you go park in a, uh, outside a movie theater, and granted, that's a big parking lot outside Niagara Square cinemas. You go in to enjoy a movie, you come out, your car won't start. What's happened? Somebody's crawled underneath and cut the damn thing off the car and taken it. I don't know why Hyundai SUVs have been the most sought after. Maybe they're the easiest to get to. I don't know. But uh, what do you get for a catalytic converter, Kevin? I have no idea. I don't know. They're worth 100 bucks, 200 bucks. I don't know what a catalytic converter is worth. Although, I think they're getting more than that, Lee. Believe it or not, I sold, the- I sold a truck that I think had two catalytic converters on it. I and remember you telling me this. As soon as I put the ad up, a guy from Toronto was willing to drive here and pay me $1,000 just to get unseen. those. And I think that's all he was after was the catalytic converter. And I think there were two. All right. So if he's going to make money on a grand, you got to be getting. What are they made out of? Copper? 700 bucks a piece? Copper? I don't know. Zinc? Does anybody know? What? Do we know what catalytic converters are actually made of? Because they're, they're selling them not as catalytic converters, they're set, uh, selling them for the metal. Yeah, exactly. So, what metal is it? Copper? Like, I know copper is a big deal. Can we make catalytic converters out of any other material? I wonder if the car manufacturers are looking into that. Can we make it out of, like, some stupid aluminum or something? I think what they're looking at is electric vehicles that would have no catalytic converters. Well, yeah, but... Well, I mean, that's probably where their efforts are going. Okay, but we're still a number of years away from there. Do you see see an all-electric car world coming up anytime soon? I don't. Not all, but I see us moving in that direction. Yeah. I'd say we're probably 
20 years away from the majority of cars on the road. Till you start reducing the cost of the batteries for replacement, I'm not getting an electric car. I'm sorry. Have you read those stories about how much it costs to replace a battery when it runs out? You can't just recharge the battery. I know. That's what people say. So I'm, I'm Googling this. All right. Here's, it might be small for you, Lee. Um, it is small for me. It has become a target for theft in large part because the price of precious metals like palladium and platinum okay. are used in the parts. Palladium and platinum. All right. There we go. Can we not perhaps replace... Palladium and platinum with some other material that makes it less appealing to thieves. That's my question. I know nothing. I know nothing about it. We need an engineer. We need a manufacturer. Still, on average, scrap catalytic converters are worth between three hundred to fifteen hundred dollars when sold as scrap at your local wrecking service. In today's world, catalytic converters are no longer being sold as part of a car. Instead, precious metals included in this component have become a valuable commodity to sell. Now, if you're a wrecker, if you're um, a, an auto parts dealer, second-hand, third-party dealer, um, I don't know, if I own rectangle auto parts, let's say, or whatever, uh, if somebody comes in to sell me a catalytic converter, is it legal for me to take that? Do I do I care where it comes from? Like a, it, I guess it's like a hawk shop, like a, a pawn shop. I'm gonna, some guy, some dude walks in with a catalytic converter and says, "I want to sell you this." Well, where'd it come from? I don't know, a Hyundai. Okay, well, whatever. I mean, can somebody be could could somebody be convicted of dealing with stolen goods? Do they have any serial numbers on them? All these questions. I don't know. You can get upwards of here two hundred. This appears to be a bit of a, a more modern live site. All here right. you go. A diesel, a DPF catalytic converter, seven hundred and seventy bucks. I don't know what that is, but maybe that's what the Hyundai's have. But that's kind of risky. I mean, and maybe they maybe the SUVs uh, are are targeted because they're more even and the Hyundai's in particular I don't know maybe they're just easier to get to and they're easier to get away with that's what I'm wondering whether somebody alluded to that in the comments saying that maybe the Hyundai's have they're, more clearance they're more accessible SUVs. yeah it's easier to get at probably I don't know but it's crazy it's great and then uh, and then Lee there's uh, you can't park it at the grocery store anymore without two people coming up in some plan scheme to rob you yeah so the, the the story like this, for example, uh, and it was a good thing that there was a young man that helped this lady out. So this lady is parked in uh, in a grocery store parking lot. She comes out, she gets into her car. Uh, I'm paraphrasing what's on the screen because I know the story. So this this fellow, this rather mature fellow, not a kid, uh, knocks on her window, uh, and apparently out of the goodness of her heart. Uh, of his heart to tell her she has a flat tire now against her better judgment and she it, it's not like she was not thinking about this she was smart she hums and haws and she says oh well okay i'll get out of the car and i'll have a look at my tire well as she's getting out as she's being uh, her attention is being diverted on the driver's side of the vehicle this dude's uh uh, companion is trying to get her purse out of the car from the passenger's 
side. Now, a young man um, a, a good distance away in the parking lot saw what was happening, and he ran over and chased the guys off. So the woman suffered no harm, no foul, but you can bet she was shaken up emotionally uh, and, and may still be shaken up emotionally. And it, it's probably, for the next little while at least, destroyed her experiences when she goes to do grocery shopping because you'd have, I mean, the, this thing called PTSD knows no bounds, really. You could, you could be affected by that if you were scared enough. You could be affected by something like that for the rest of your life. This is not good stuff going on. And kudos to that young man that got involved because a lot of people would not get involved. And, uh, but this is a scam that is happening. It's not really a scam, it's crime, it's, a, it's robbery. Um, it's a, a probably, Kevin, I would call it a, a robbery and assault, really. It's, but you're not wrong in saying it's a scam because it's, it's orchestrated, there's two people involved, it's premeditated. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a crime of opportunity. I mean, they're just what? No, it's a plan. It's a con. Skulking around parking lots? That's maybe it. It's more of a... It's a con. More of a con. It's your classic con. Yeah. Now, I want to get to... Um, about a week ago, and I just got to scroll back, scroll back, scroll back. Um, Nick on Niagara 411 shared a video from, uh, I think it was the Hamilton Police Services, where they kind of reenacted what would happen. And I think the, the visual and the message is good. It's like, it's weirdly to think that that, like, where are we now? We're at, we're at the point now where we're going to groceries, and if somebody comes up and tells us that we might have a flat tire, our, our initial response is, I, I'm not buying it. I don't believe you. You're it's, trying to scam me. It's, it's, well, where, what is happening is these kinds of things are chipping away at the social fabric of our lives to the point where you will not trust anyone. You will not want to talk to anyone. Uh, human interaction will eventually disappear because of a total lack of trust from any quarter involved, and I find that incredibly, incredibly sad. Hamilton Police Service. Oh, sorry. I mean, here's the release. This here's the video. Hey Hamilton, I'm Officer Meg from Crime Prevention. We're noticing a rise in distraction thefts happening in our community. Always be aware of your surroundings and don't leave your purse or other belongings behind, even if you're just loading your car. It only takes a second. Don't let crime happen to you. Until next time, stay safe and prevent crime. That was music from the Pink Panther. It was, yeah. <laughs> um... And, and it was kind of a light-hearted uh, video, but again, it's, it can go so much deeper than, than that. It's not, it's not just that one isolated incident. It's these things that, as I mentioned before, are chipping away at our trust of our fellow human being. And to me, that is unconscionable. And I, I, I hope that we are able to catch, uh, punish, retrain, rehabilitate, whatever, 
the people in our society that always want to take the easy way out. And by taking the easy way out, I mean identifying that somebody has something that you want and instead of earning your way to get that thing on your own through your own work and your own ethics and, and your own sweat, uh, it, well, it's just a lot easier to take it from somebody else, isn't it? Isn't that always the, well, why, why do I have to go through all the effort of getting it uh, on my own merits when I can just, I can just go take it? Right? Well, that's the easiest thing to do. There's always been crime. There's always been theft. There's always been good people doing bad things for whatever reasons, be they justifiable or not. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. We know that, as our parents would always tell us, life isn't fair. But at some point in time, it has to be balanced. There has to be a way to deal with these situations that become out of hand. And in the, in the world of social media, in the world of multitasking and multi-communication levels, it's so easy to find out the easy ways. Hey, it's so easy to steal this. We've had catalytic converters in, uh, in, in automobiles for many, many years. Uh, one person got the idea that stealing them was a good idea. Oh, well, now it's, a, now it's a thing. All right, Kevin, before we say goodbye and we introduce our musical guest, uh, introduce me to the, uh, to the Jack family here. Hi, guys. Hi. How you doing? Good. Good. It's over to you, Kev. All right, so here on my left, I've got Alex. Say hello, Alex. Hi. Hi, Alex. Alex is seven years old and will be turning eight in... When are you turning eight? Do you know? May. In May. In May. May what? 21st. May 21st. Okay. And Alex and Ayla. Ayla is nine years old. Hi. Hi, Ayla. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. How are you enjoying March? I know it's only Wednesday, but how is your March break going so far? Fun. Fun? What have you been doing? I'm staying home and chilling. <laughs> Sound oh, like a, your dad staying a, home and chilling. Yeah, they had a sleepover at their cousins the other night. They went public skating, and tomorrow we are off to uh, Rochester. And we're headed to the uh, the Strong Museum of Play. Yeah, the museum. You guys, uh, your dad tells me that you've been at the Museum of Play before. Do you remember it? Yeah, it's really good. Is it good? Yeah. All right. What do you like the most about that? Do you remember anything? I remember the Sesame Street, maybe the video games, or just the fun, or is it the hotel? Do you like going to the hotel? <laughs> the Mini Mart. Oh, right, the Mini Mart. They got like a they got like a, a mini grocery store. That's that's terrific. That. So, are you guys are you guys happy to be finished with all this COVID stuff? Yeah. 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 You don't have to have your dad teaching you at home anymore. <laughs> well, listen, uh, thanks for coming in, Alex and Ayla, and uh, we're, we're going to probably join you for lunch in a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, of course, you know, Fiddler's Poorhouse is open whenever we do the program, so we encourage anybody to come down. And today, you know, made so much sense. I mean, hey, the family's home. Uh, my wife Leanne's just over there. She has the week off as well, so said, "Hey, why don't she you?" She didn't want any FaceTime with us today. Eh? No, why yeah. don't you? Why don't you bring? By, well, you know, these <laughs> two here. These these are the looks of the organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. And uh, don't forget uh, that uh, are you got you you've got to wear green. You, I know you're going to go traveling to Rochester, but have you got green clothes to wear for St. Patrick's Day? Do you know that's coming up? Okay, your dad will look after that, I bet. Yeah, we're going to have to pack some stuff. Believe it or not, Lee, we, we wanted to swing by Buffalo and go to their St. Patrick's Day parade because it's kind of legendary and figured, okay, St. Patty's Day on Friday should be a great celebration. Their parade's not until Sunday. Oh. Yeah, nobody's really doing actual parades or celebrations day of, and the city of Rochester did theirs last week. Hmm. I'm like, what? Nobody? So anyway... There goes that plan, but we will wear green, Lee. I All promise right, you so this. We're, we're, we're going to sign off here in a minute. Uh, I do want to thank, once again, Gales Gas Bars Limited for uh, fueling this program as they have fueled Niagara for the last 50-plus years. Verge Insurance Group, thank you for supporting us. As always, Kevin, uh, WeStream is uh, super to work with, uh, and I, I thank you for being here. Now, Fiddler's Poorhouse, don't forget, we got corned beef, cabbage, uh, Guinness Irish stew, 16 buck pitchers of PVR, $9 doubles and $4 pickle shots on Friday for St. Patty's Day. No reservations because uh, it's a free-for-all uh, in here as it is everywhere around Niagara, but come on in and uh, say hello. Uh, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode eight of Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. That is me, and we're gonna take you out with um, uh, swish styles. Uh, they're a bit of a it's a it's a it's a rapping kind of yeah, it's, it's an a rapper, urban you know music fellow right in the early the early days of Niagara 411 live we actually had Swish Styles on the program a couple of times he's a, a young rapper doing his thing he's got new music out uh, but no videos for that yet so we're going back a couple of years this song's just called Drugs all right Alex Ayla thank you for uh, making a cameo appearance on the program you guys have a good week okay bye. all right bye. Uh, <laughs> have a great week and weekend, folks. Take care. Yo, Swish, Swish, get your shit together, man. come on.
getting tipsy. So get ripped up with a big old to the missy, miss me. Been gone too long from being what I was meant to be, yes, sir. Yeah, you know she's blonde. Sit up on the throne of song, socks and bonds. Bondage, babe, got me hard on these beats. I see two beats the bar. Sheesh, I'm gone. Lit up like Tron. Call me the neon time. Yeah, two more shots, fuck it won't stop. I'll deal with the cops in the morning. I feel she's seen too much porn. Got me feeling greener than every Osborne. I absorb too much sauce to force my way through a bedroom door. But not a walls before the bedpost, my crown hangs upon. Now, what you want? What you need? Now, what you want? Yeah! Drugs! I swam more and Yeah, yeah! And more and more Yeah, yeah! And more and more Drugs! That's one more and Yeah, yeah! And more and more Yeah, yeah! And more and more Now, open the door to Jim Morrison's. I'm pouring in my plethora of foreign concoctions that'll keep you up till all hours of the morning. Wanna take a moment to say fuck yourself. Love to the people supporting me. Here's a little something to feel yourself. Coming for that swishing recipe. Yes, I beat that MC. Sixes on the beat from the city of St. C. Paint me a mural when I'm gone. Fuck the life that I gotta lead. Come to go from cancer just like my mom. But that's why I allow myself to bleed. Fuck if I lose another memory. For the music, my only remedy. Okay. Now what you need? Now what you want? What you need? Now what you want? Now what you need? Yeah. Drugs. I just want more and yeah, yeah. And more.